0: Oh, I
1: got too tough. There all day, all night. People ringing the doorbell, banging on the door, trying to get on the grab. Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Robbie Martin. And this is Abby Martin. Welcome to a beautiful February 2024. Um, we've just uh, passed Valentine's Day. We're now heading up into, is there a leap year this year? I think there, there actually question. is, right? No Wait, idea. let me look on the calendar really quick before I... have no I... idea. Really? Yeah. Um, there is. Wow. There very actually cool. is, yeah. Very, very. So there's cool. a 29th. So this year is a leap year, I believe it is. Um, it's there's a 29th of February. So that's that has to be what that means, right? If there's a 29th, I mean. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't right. say it
1: doesn't say leap year on the calendar, but there's a 29th. So um, probably sound like an absolute fucking moron opening up this <laughs> podcast right now, but I do not care. This is how we do it here. Live on the radio.
0: Live, baby, Meteor Roots I mean, this is Radio. Just
1: absolutely live, raw and uncut.
0: Raw, baby. Um, I mean, I still don't really understand why we are doing daylight savings. So let's just let's just roll with it all.
1: I agree with you. That's one of Cigar and Jetty's big uh, pushes. And, and you also, know
0: what? I will unite with the right wing on that. Me too. I will. I think it was Andrew Yang's Saga. also. Well, there you go. It was I'm, one man, of those guys,
1: or Vivek Ramaswamy, or
0: something. You like know that. what? <laughs> <laughs> broken clock. I mean, <laughs> hey. Um so that is an issue that I will put all of my weight behind the right wing for.
1: Um yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Um so I guess, you know, other than the the Gaza situation um and what's we you know what's been happening uh the last couple months hasn't really been that much different, it hasn't really been in my opinion anything Super significant. I mean, Biden started um, bombing Yemen. Wasn't it the actual U.S. planes that started bombing um, areas yeah, in Yemen?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that so, is really crazy. So that,
1: that is really that's new actually. <laughs> that's new. Um, <laughs> right. But Yemen has been being bombed, you know, by different U.S. proxies, and and we've been you know collaborating in that effort. It's not. It's just our actual planes themselves are not the ones. We're not the ones. It's a, a very escalatory before. thing. Yeah. Though. It really it is. is like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just more of this mission creep, but again, official US presence over there is pretty big deal. And, you know, that's the that's what the Biden administration seems to be defined by is actually escalating a lot of these conflicts we've been seeing in the world. Um and uh you know, what did he do? He he put out something recently in terms of, I guess, let's just talk a little bit Gaza-related stuff now at the beginning, you know, and then we could get back sure. into it.
0: Sure.
1: But I was just recalling that, you know, after um, there was genuine, finally for the first time, genuine talk among like the liberal class about his cognitive abilities, uh, because based on a subpoena, um, like I think it was like a closed door subpoena. Examination by like someone who's like not supposed to, who is like a legal authority that's like not like a Republican appointee, that said. Yeah,
0: but didn't they hire like a conservative because they wanted to appear nonpartisan?
1: I mean, they probably did, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that somehow Mm. it broke through, where people that were like that was like prohibited to even criticize Biden before started to say stuff, and I started to notice just a little bit more of an opening there. And then when Jon Stewart did his like big comeback, which really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I watched like maybe half of it. And I watched the stuff he said about um Biden, Biden and Trump being like the oldest people who have ever run for president against each other and just how awful that is. And sort of showing clips of both of them seeming like just totally out of it, senile old men. There was like a huge like backlash against him making a comeback because of that that specific segment like it was too um it was like ableist against the president it was unfair uh you know like John Stewart's a hack because he goes after the president for something that's like not you know that's he can't help and all this
0: we- well i mean i i liked the segment i thought he could have gone way oh, harder of course, obviously yeah. he barely showed anything about biden's cognitive decline it was mostly just about trump it was you're right trump and what's funny is how much the liberals had a hissy fit over it. It's like, dude, what is wrong about that, what he said? Like, that's what like, I'm dude, trying to point out it's is how so crazy. How it really
1: shows how the the climate has changed significantly since we started doing this. I mean, people right. have gotten. There are extremely hypersensitive liberals. They're not even like you know all the, all the Republicans and the right talk about are the woke left or the all, all far leftists or whatever. It's more these like hypersensitive, like generic, like liberal people who are like have have created like such an extreme um like rigid point of view where even if you say the slightest criticism about like hillary clinton biden they like get mad at you you know it's like you can't do that or something it's like what how did i don't i mean yeah, think there used to be people around like that who were pretty hypersensitive and you know would kind of push back on you if you would level any criticism about a democrat they like but this is it's gotten so much worse i mean Biden is so bad on so many levels that I think that's what makes it so much more evident, like that they're acting like, you know, they're defending him more than like some of these people were defending Obama at the very beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. And what's funny is like Jon Stewart hit it on the head when he was just like the onus is on him to prove that he isn't. like doesn't have cognitive decline that he is capable of running the world's largest like military apparatus ever like why is it on us to try to defend his abilities as president it's insane i mean he is completely absentee like look at the super bowl notoriously every year when the super bowl happens the president is given like a 30 minute interview slot before it's like a multi-million dollar free advertising slot and biden declined to do it this year what else does that show you other than the fact that he's not capable of even sitting down for an interview, Robbie. I mean, that's how fast this shit is slipping. Like, I mean, it, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, like, I used to think that, like, yeah, he definitely had cognitive decline on some level, but, it like, it must, he must still be pretty functional. And I used to think that, I don't know how many years into his presidency, maybe, like, two years? And I don't know what it was, maybe, like, eight months ago or so. I was, like, something... He seems like he's really slipping. But then, like... I guess the the like, part of this like subpoena thing was that he kept using the phrase like I do not recall and I do not remember during it, and so there was like some other conspiracies. I saw people saying like, well, maybe this is in the same way that like Reagan was, you know, like they put out like a story came out eventually in the Reagan presidency that he had cognitive decline, like from mm-hmm. the, from insiders, and but it also kind of came on the tail of. His testimony to Ron contra where he kept saying he didn't recall, as a way to basically slip out of of uh, like being on records saying that he did something illegal. So, you know, I don't know. if I mean, I'm I'm not saying that Biden is faking having cognitive decline. Like, obviously, I would say at this point he seems actually worse than Ronald Reagan was like at the end of yeah, Reagan's presidency. He does. And I remember being like, aware enough at the end of Reagan's presidency when I was a little kid to be like, he seems, like, really, really old to me. Like, not just visually, but his brain, like, he seemed just really
0: out of well, it yeah, by then. Well, the brain rot has gotten so much more apparent to me just over the last several months. It almost seems like the Gaza genocide that he's overseen personally has, like, eroded his frontal lobe more and more. Um, on a side note, you know, I interviewed that the guy who resigned, who was, like, a top um, education official. And I was like, "What? where is this all coming from? Because I was, like, kind of, like, hinting to the fact that, like, Biden's being puppeted by someone, right? Like, why is why is this policy so right from the Obama foreign policy team that is now surrounding Biden? And he was just like, it's him. Like, I, I think that we, you know, even though he is obviously, like, becoming more and more senile like I think that that actually explains this unmovable policy is like you become more rigid in your belief system like the older and just crazier you are I mean he is like a hardcore one of the most unabashed Zionists in in Congress and he has been for a long time unapologetically so and it's like why should we take that away from him like why should we like try to excuse away something that is inevitably like just him like, the buck stops with him, and that's what this guy was trying to say, and it kind of just made me look at it a different way because as much as the team keeps trying to leak these documents, being like, he's really pissed at Netanyahu, and he wants to do this and that, it's like, I, I don't think he is at all. I think he's completely fine with what's going well, on, and, I,
1: it like, and it does come back to just him. That's I got completely distracted earlier, but I was was going to say that he's like sort of trying to signal out there that he thinks Netanyahu's an asshole while completely you know, doing all the same things he's been doing this whole time. So it's like he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. make it seem like, making it seem like he's doing something even close to what the Obama administration did, which was slightly step away from uh, Netanyahu a, a little bit. Like, but Biden is, you know, I, I don't, so it's odd, that was odd that that came out. It's like, what are you trying to do here, dude? You know, so, but I think ultimately to your point about, that it's him in control. Yes, it is because even if let's say he did have pretty bad cognitive decline, the, there are other people in his administration who probably have different ideas than his vision for foreign policy at times. There's always that nuance going Mm -hmm. on behind the scenes, even if it's just a slightly different flavor of what they're already doing. So I think there's other people there who are probably not, they're not going to let some like underling who's like, you know the president's like not feeling well today. Like you can run everything through me. Like that would almost seem like an episode of like Veep. People would be like, no, I'm ta- like ta- let me talk yeah. to the president. Like what do you mean? Yeah. Like you're not the vice president. Like what do you th- who the fuck do you think you are? Like you're sh- some staffer. So it, like ultimately, this is kind of almost like you know not not I I didn't even watch Game of Thrones, but I mean like the old idea of like <laughs> rotating like positions of power. It's like it really is as simple as the vice president is next in line. And like, you know, let's say he is having severe cognitive decline. I guess that would mean that Camilla could kind of step in as like an intermediary, but even that would be like unofficial. It would still probably have heard like direct leaks about that already. Like camp, like actually, you know what? Camilla is in charge. This came straight from like some fucking white house insider. Like, so yes, he has, does seem to be really slipping, but also he's still obviously in charge. So right. Right. Both are and, true. and
0: even Kamala, like, OK, so I, I think what happened is like they picked this like guy who was a conservative to appear unbiased because they they were being accused of Biden taking home classified documents similarly to Trump. And then so they had this guy interview him about it. And then that's when Biden was saying, I don't recall, I really don't recall. And then the guy reported back and he was like. I believe that Biden doesn't know, like he doesn't know because of this cognitive issue in so many words. He obviously didn't explicitly lay it mm-hmm. out, but that's how it was interpreted. And so it was kind of like a genius way of getting that in the news cycle um, through this other avenue. Through and an avenue of basically saying that he's not, yeah.
1: he's not lying.
0: Right. And that he's not guilty of yes, this exactly. because of this issue. And then Kamala comes out and does this press conference, which she never does. They're both like complete absentee like officials. Mm, They are bizarre. So she comes out and does this bizarre press conference where she essentially says Biden is cognitively efficient because he's overseen the Gaza genocide so well. (laughs) She's just like his response on October 7th. Yeah, yeah shows me like it was just like oh my god like how insane is this i mean it honestly like his zionism and his like rigid belief system about just like like total giving netanyahu whatever he wants and just like unequivocal support for israel as they're committing genocide and however many weapons and circumventing congress and all this stuff like it will it it really really could and might cost him the election, Robbie, and he does not care. That's what's so crazy. You look at his polling right now; he has a thirty eight percent approval rating. Trump is far ahead of him, and Trump's not even like delivering well in a lot of these states. Like not as well as the, as you would expect him to be, considering who else is in the race. I mean, Nikki Haley's a joke. RFK Jr. is a nightmare, um, and so Biden has such a low approval rating. I mean, it's so crazy. It's like that's what they these democrats like they want to enact right-wing policies like for example he's he's doing all this tough on the border talk but at the same time they discuss repudiating trump's policies but then they just don't do anything except like basically echo republican policies but they have like this veneer of progressivism on just the rhetoric Yeah, Yo, you're right and so it's just like well what what do you expect dude like status quoism is just gonna like inevitably pave the way for a trump two point trump or a trump 2.0 like It's complete nonsense. And when you look at Gen Z, Palestinian voters, Muslim voters, and just people like me, like there are so many people who are so repulsed by what's going on. Like no one is going to vote for this monster. And it doesn't matter if Trump might be worse. It doesn't matter. And Biden was asked by some guy, I think it was like some like a mom or something. He was just like, what, like, what do you say to Muslim voters about like this policy in Gaza? And he was just like, Trump would deport you. Trump would deport you and it and it harkened back to 2020 when when like young people were like Biden are you like what is your policy on immigration are you going to like do this and that and he's like vote for Trump if you don't like what I have to say yeah it's yeah just yeah, like, yeah what the
1: hell absolutely psychotic
0: like that so it's just like dude it doesn't it actually doesn't matter if Trump is saying that he's going to deport Muslims because you are like the worst crime that a state can commit is genocide and that's what you're doing motherfucker it's crazy man he doesn't care
1: well, I'm going to throw this out here, and this is going to seem just completely out of left field to what you're saying. So I apologize in advance, but if you really think about, everybody's constantly talking about all all these U.S. politicians. What do they have on them? Do they have videotapes of them diddling kids? Why, you know, do they have tapes on RFK Jr.? Why are all these politicians so in the bag for Israel, or or why are they so this and that? Um, you know and i've been thinking a lot more recently about how like it does seem like people have been in denial at least i've noticed more of it about just how truly evil and depraved us politicians are on their own with no like semblance of any blackmail kind of stuff happening at all even sometimes no not even like the israeli lobby like putting pressure on them in any way shape or form just them on their own are that horrible people but then i guess the thing i'm throwing out here is that other people talk about well obama's family must have been held hostage or they have leverage on trump they did all, you know that when they were investigating him on Russiagate, they tied his hands to do these things because they were holding it over him or whatever but in biden's case there is an interesting thing going on that like barely anybody talks about cuz it's like the liberal press doesn't want to mention the Hunter Biden laptop. The right wing mentions it, but mentions it in like too much of an overzealous and sort of just random slapdash way. But how come nobody talks about the possibility that his son might legitimately have like extremely compromising information about not just himself that could get Hunter in jail, but like his dad as well on that laptop? And how the people who have it are like Rudy Giuliani, Bannon, and they and how who knows the full like girth of everything that they actually have. So that's a really interesting thing. That's like, is that playing some role in the way Biden is doing any of his like presidential duties? I have no idea. I'm not saying that excuses any of his behavior. I'm just like throwing out that wild card that it is strange that that's just not more reference. It's like, there is like a laptop of his son's super compromising shit, not just porn like out there and, and, we, like, they haven't leaked at all. What are they holding out? What are they still holding back? Well, I mean, I'm you know?
0: sure that they're not. I mean, yeah, it's a good point. Like, are they holding back the most salacious shit? I mean, I feel like at Probably this point, not. they would have released You're the right. most salacious shit because they have nothing else. It's like. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's like given where we're at, I feel like they would have gone balls to the wall with whatever was on there that could be the most compromising. But who knows? You're, dude. My, you're right. Yeah, I think. You're, I mean, look at look at like the, the like these politicians, like to your point. I mean, these people walking through the halls of Congress being confronted um, relentlessly by like protesters and the, and the shit that they're saying is mind numbing. It's just like you guys are actual monsters like that, like the guy from Tennessee who was just like, we should kill them all. Oh yeah, like like the woman was just like I'm seeing children torn to bits like on like what are you what are you gonna do about it? He's like I think we should kill them all, and it's just like oh like what like you're talking about kids yeah,
1: but and, and they know they are too. That's what's
0: crazy right. these southern
1: people have forgotten I guess because the MAGA era tricked everybody into thinking that like you know the real salt of the earth like right wing people who mm-hmm, got the mm-hmm. southern accents they're anti war now they don't want their tax money spent overseas you know blah, blah blah but it's like did you hear like kid rock also on the joe rogan show say that we should yeah, kill dude. forty thousand civilians for every hostage they don't return like just fucking yep. kill him dude Fucking, he was like making like sound effects like a child i mean what did it, joe
0: say in response
1: i mean he just i in the clip <laughs> I, it was truncated i'm not going to talk shit yeah. about joe rogan because i know you you guys are friends but like it, but i i don't he didn't say anything in the thing i saw i just let it was just kid rock just yeah. you know just completely yeah, yeah, sounding yeah. like a psychotic neocon you
0: right know? right but
1: i mean i yeah. don't know if you have anything more to say about this the democrats and this biden admin in this regard now because we, we're going to talk about gaza at the you know yeah kind of yeah in the second i mean i i
0: mean but. it's just it is just surreal i mean to john stewart's monologue about like i, I guess it didn't dawn on me until i watched that that the record breaking like age, or, I mean, old age, happened in 2020 for both of them. The two oldest candidates to ever run for president happened already for both of them in 2020. So it's just so crazy that we're four years after that. And it's like, what is going on? I mean, I don't think Biden can last. He can't possibly, but the thing is, like, it doesn't matter because no one around Biden. Like, they're all careerists, and they just want to cement their job, right? They just want to, like, become media pundits or lobbyists. Like, they're not going to do what's best for the country. It's not about, like, collectivism or, like, the co- the greater good, even though I'm sure a lot of the people surrounding him are just like, oh, Christ, like, this guy's not capable of really doing this for another four years, um, so it is going to be really fascinating to see how this is all going to play out of the convention. I mean, I, you know, people are throwing it out there that they're going to do like a switcheroo and put Kamala out there. I mean, look, like I want to remind people how insulting it was that they actually picked the top prosecutor in California on the heels of Black Lives Matter, <laughs> who also was the most unpopular primary candidate. She would, she dropped out first. She was widely loathed. So it's just fascinating. It's like, I mean, if they do that, I don't see how that's going to work out for them. And if Biden's running, I don't see how that's going to work out for him because Trump, as much as Trump's also widely hated, like at least he has like a cult, hardcore base that will be energized to vote for him. Like Biden, the whole Democratic Party relies on just a massive voter turnout machine. But they don't give a shit about the voter disenfranchisement and all the racist stuff that, that Republicans are doing to, like, minimize the vote in all these other states. And it's just like no attempt is really made to fight against that. But but all they do is generate enthusiasm for elections and voter turnout. And they just spend, you know, re- let's let's remind our viewers that I think it was, what, $14.5 billion that was spent on the 2020 election. Um, so that's all the Democratic party cares about and I just don't see it happening Robbie this year I really really don't so we're in for a, a wild wild ride
1: yeah it's really weird too that like Trump's you know whole side of this is he's running a very half ass campaign
0: for you what know, is it? have you been following like very little on like what Trump's been doing yeah I mean the most
1: recent thing that's occupied most of the headlines is the fact that he's Trying to monetize, you know, through his fan base more, um, by uh, putting out gold sneakers, like gold colored sneakers, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how much they cost. I'm imagining they probably cost, they're you know, like three hundred
0: and fifty bucks or something. Yeah,
1: which probably they just means they're cheap. You know, they're probably like just really cheap pieces of shit that are like really low quality, like stuff you'd see at like Walmart, you know, or something. But like the the um his actual i mean the only other news i heard was that his donations that he was getting for his campaign from all these like big huge billionaires donating to his super pacs is that he was somehow able to like extract that money from those like and put the put it into his like legal bills so i mean obviously that sounds like really shady but it must be legal to do that somehow um But that was what I just think
0: it's hilarious. All the liberal like hand wringing about like, you know, Trump. I mean, it just like all the shit that we've heard for the the past four years just in our brains about how Trump is going to be tried at all these different courts, all the documents that are going to be handed him, all the cases, Robbie, every case and nothing, nothing happened. Absolutely. Is it because is it because like. The, this is the thing all of like the corruption stuff which he, it would be easiest to get him on is it because like Democrats are all guilty of the same stuff like what like I would say it's more
1: that it's it seems to be about like trying to hurt him and like punish him rather than
0: actually right, stopping right, him right like I just mean, get like a head game
1: yeah I mean it's kind of similar to Russiagate it's like I think yeah. I don't I have a feeling they didn't, they really knew they didn't have the goods, but the fact that there mm-hmm. was such, like, weird, shady, like, intelligence agency-style antics going on with, like, the steel dossier and stuff, they got they got it to escalate to, like, the Mueller probe, which, at that point, it, like, had gone, you know, quote-unquote, bipartisan. It wasn't, like, just the Democrats holding the hearings against Trump, but, I, I mean, I don't, I, I think that, yes, there's legal trials happening against Trump here, but... I just don't see him, like, doing serious jail time over it. I mean, he is going to hire, like, the best lawyers, going to have endless supplies of money to do it. Um, But I think it's probably, it is going to bog down his ability to, like, you know, run for president. But at the same time, like, does it matter? Because he hasn't shown up for any of the fucking Republican debates. He didn't show up for a single one. Like, that's crazy. You know, it's not like he's already in jail. Like if he's already like arrested, be like, hell yeah, like Trump's in jail. He can't do the debate. It's like, no, he's literally just at home, probably watching them on his TV set, like making comment. I mean, it is this very strange to think that he's just like, fuck it. I'm not going to fucking do this. I don't have, I'm not legally obligated to do this to run for president. I'm still polling the highest. I mean, that, that is
0: kind of like a crazy level of ego. Don't, don't you think? It's amazing. I mean, it's actually, I didn't realize that he was just completely unplugged. Oh yeah. He's, he's completely
1: ghosted every fucking debate.
0: Are they even like mentioning him? Like, yes. Oh, constantly. Yeah. 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 Vivek
1: Ramaswamy just like constantly went to the mat for him almost Mm. like as he was like the surrogate for Trump. And then I don't know if you saw recently who's holding the newest, uh, big fundraiser for Trump's campaign at Mar-a-Lago Abbey. Did you see?
0: Uh, no. Uh, oh first my god first yeah. name starts with a d <laughs> last name g baby first name. <laughs> tulsi baby tulsi, tulsi baby.
1: baby sweetie i mean and and roger stone keeps sweetie. like doing all these little you know winky tweets being like tulsi gabbard said she'd be open to like taking trump's as a you know a vp slot like a, like from like 2018 and shit like wait that. hold like, on
0: Lo- did you see her um book cover too no Oh my God, wait, hold on. Hopefully she has it as a pin tweet. Is it her Bernie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. It's really, I wish. No, it's really, really good. Okay. So you know how books, you get endorsements for people about the book, like quotes that you put on the front cover? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so her, (laughs) (laughs) her her book, For the Love of Country, um, subtitled Leave the Democratic Party Behind. The quote on the top, Robbie, is just a generic quote from Joe Rogan about her, not about the book. It says, "Quote: Tulsi is one of the most rock solid, honorable people I've ever met." End quote. Joe Rogan. Is going on, dude. That's on the front cover of the book.
1: That is so fucking crazy.
0: I've never seen anyone do that before.
1: I mean, she's she's milk. She she understands like where her entire thing comes from. It comes from this weird. I I don't know. I mean, I, I we've talked about her endlessly, but that's. <laughs> It's almost Liz Wall level fucking wackiness. Right, right, right. It really I gotta is. gotta be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. she's fucking <laughs> fucked up in the head. <laughs> like she's nuts. Like Marjorie Taylor Green is almost seems less nuts than Tulsi Gabbard at this point.
0: Really yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, Tulsi really does seem like she literally is like puppeted by um Chris Butler. Like wh- I mean, Marjorie Taylor Green just seems like she's more confident in who you know, her ideology and stuff. But yeah, Tulsi is just a total vapid lunatic. Um, So Robbie, talk about, I mean, speaking of Tulsi, talk about Tucker because another big thing that happened in the last month was Tucker Carlson doing the first, like, Western journalist interview with President Vladimir Putin, baby. Um, It was a two-hour interview. I tried to watch it. It was painstakingly boring, especially because the first 30 minutes was just like, putin giving like encyclopedic breakdown from like the last 500 years about the history of the territory surrounding historic russia and ukraine and it was just like this is i i can't i literally just can't sit through this but um hopefully you watched more of it than i did so i don't know if you have anything really. to say about that i mean <laughs> no
1: i did i watched a good like t- 30 minutes of it so i guess that's like yeah. half of the interview so um i felt like i I got my fill of it. Um, I I'll just start by saying because let's just get this out of the way. There was like an outrageous amount of idiots like acting like this was like an egregious thing that was about to happen. And what do you mean egregious? Like that it you like he shouldn't be allowed to do this. Like Wait, there was what? even like neocons <laughs> and liberals starting to go talk say this towards like the last two days before the interview aired that he should maybe even uh, the U.S. government should consider sanctioning him.
0: Wait, sanctioning Tucker? Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I was just thinking like, why are you guys giving him this kind of ammunition? Like this is exactly, you're just feeding into exactly this kind of phony persona that he has. Like you're making him seem like he's this extremely controversial figure. And then, You know, there was all these people, big people like liberal, mostly like liberals and like neocons saying like no one from our like respectable media culture should ever platform like a dictator and give them like airtime and all this kind of shit. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I remember like tons of interviews that people like CNN interviewed Bin Laden. Before 9-11, like they interviewed like Assad, like right after the fucking, you know, alleged gas attack that he did his own people on Charlie Rose. So what does that even mean? And then on the flip side of it, you saw all these like pro Tucker fans, you know, huge fanboys, people um, saying sort of in unison, no U.S. journalist has ever interviewed Putin before. Like, this is a, he's making history. Like, this is, he is, like, a hero for doing this. He is going to, like, create world peace. Like, no one's done this before. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, everybody is just completely trying to rewrite history? Or do people just, the the amount of self-righteous sort of, you know, uttering of these things that are complete falsehoods by, like, you know, the swaths of Tucker fans or the anti-fans, sort of in the liberal media class, are just, like, mind-blowing. And it kind of goes in line with what you're saying about the way that the climate has shifted so much people can't even take the slightest criticism of Biden. It's like, I guess it's just okay for everybody just to make everything up. Like, just completely... It, it doesn't matter if it, anything's true, you know? I mean, I mean
0: that's so, it's so frustrating. It's just like the infantilizing of, like, we shouldn't ever hear what Putin says. Yeah, and you it's know, like, like...
1: Like, okay, look. He gross. wrote an editorial... That I think even you and me were like pretty impressed by. Maybe, like, I think he wrote it in like 2016 or 15. It was like right before I think the Ukraine Euromaidan stuff happened. And it was basically saying like the US needs to like regulate its like foreign policy. It was like, seemed like a very well reasoned, mm-hmm. but also like surprisingly antagonistic editorial that the New York Times fucking ran in their fucking paper. Like, right. They ran an editorial from Vladimir Putin that was like talking shit about the Obama, like directly, and our U.S. U.S. foreign policy like agenda. So, I guess one, the reason I'm saying that is because, like that was that seemed kind of spicy. Babyish, yeah. This is how babyish well, yeah, is it's how baby-ish baby-ish, become. And also, it's that was how spicy Putin seemed back in 2015 ish. Fast forward to now. You know, eight years later, there's almost nothing in this interview of note to to justify anybody's like concern. Like, why would people like Bill Crystal and David Frum get this fucking bent out of shape about this interview when like it ended up being such a fucking dud? Like he literally like compared to this 2015 editorial, Abby, it just sounds like just recycled hot take after hot take. Shit, you and I have heard before dozens of times all throughout the Crimea, you know, Ukraine situation. Mm-hmm. It's just tired talking points. It's not, it's nothing new or groundbreaking or even really controversial. The only, I would say, seriously controversial thing that's even discussed is Tucker brings up the Nord Stream pipeline, which, you know, to, I'm not going to say to Tucker's credit, but to some people's credit who are sort of like generic normie more right-leaning people they've you know mentioned and brought up you know brought up a lot how crazy it is if the US is actually behind this or if the US used a proxy where you know I would say it's very likely that either one of those scenarios happened I would say pretty likely that the US directly did it the Seymour Hersh reporting you know seems pretty likely to me I don't know about the actual granular details of it but i think that's pretty likely that we were behind that crazy thing to do huge international act of like industrial espionage terrorism environment like causing an environmental disaster on purpose it's a Mm -hmm. horrific thing to do and tucker brings this up during the interview and putin um says that you know he thinks um that the most likely person who did it is that the cia did it and tucker asks him why he thinks the cia did it and he's like well you know it wasn't you know there's a lot of like people who hate us or enemies of us who might have wanted to do it but they don't have the resources to dive like 500 feet deep into the ocean and like plant these explosives and do this and then tucker sort of at some point interjects well you know um what about uh the you know, what kind of evidence do you guys have? Like, what have you seen or why, what's made you like convinced that it was the CIA. And I guess that, that being probably the most hardcore part of the interview, I was hoping that Putin would actually like kind of say something or insinuate that they have like more information or more direct evidence or kind of emphasize just how aggressive and crazy it is for the U S to do that and what that means for global affairs. And instead I got the sense that he was unprepared for even just being pushed back on the idea that the CIA did it at all to provide like more evidence or say or give any hint as to why he thought it. And just me personally, I think that it's pretty likely that the CIA did it. I'm not even. Yeah, but like, so what did he say? He he basically seemed to kind of wiggle out of it, which I thought was odd. He, he basically. Really? Yes. He basically then wiggles out of the kind of the topic itself by saying like, you know, like the CIA has been doing all these things like all over the world forever and like they don't, there's no responsibility and like NATO pretends like they don't have any responsibility for it even though the CIA does what NATO wants them to do and and then he says, and then even you, you know, Tucker um, uh, that you tried to join this, this agency back uh, when you were a young man and uh, <laughs> it's lucky that you did not because uh, you might have been involved in doing some of these kinds of things and Tucker kind of like seemed like I think at that point, Tucker probably didn't want to go into that topic. And Putin also seemed like he didn't want to go any deeper into that topic about the Nord Stream pipeline either. So I guess the overall takeaway for me during that whole section was it's interesting that, you know, for Putin, he's not he's sounding so not aggressive or Mm -hmm. saying to me things that really emphasize the the what the consequences that means for, like, global affairs.
0: Yeah, you would think that he would be right out of the gate. Like, this is the first opportunity to speak to, like, a Western audience about this huge international crime. exactly, And, like, environmental sabotage that was really extreme. I mean, one of the biggest acts of terrorism ever by the CIA, if you really, really wrap your mind around it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he just totally blew it. What a waste.
1: It makes me wonder if, like, he just doesn't actually have more information you know like i i don't yeah, know everyone just crazy. assumes like putin is in control over there and i think he he has been a lot of the time but at the same time i do wonder if someone in power that long on a day-to-day basis like how much of it is is he really just not
0: in fully in the loop just because he's just yeah but wouldn't you out, at you you know? least want to know like wouldn't of you course, like read of seymour hirsch's report well, exactly like, don't you even that's like, why i'm saying like, like it's
1: odd how toothless he is. And then I guess the other part that bothered me about it was there was like no discussion at all. Not that Tucker's going to bring it up, but like Putin didn't even mention like anything about Gaza. You know, it was the entire subject of Israel was completely like omitted from the discussion.
0: So um, because Tucker doesn't care.
1: No, Tucker, of no. course, doesn't care. So it's mostly I would say for the most part, what Bill Kristol and From and all these like liberal pundits were like, Outraged and incensed about ended up being Putin briefly talking about the Nord Stream pipeline and then kind of backing out of the topic after he realized it was getting like too specific. And then also just like to can talking points on Ukraine and Russia's position on it.
0: Like that's which is like we know all of that exactly. Right? It's like, yeah, great, exactly. One really funny thing that came out of it, um, Margarita Simonyan, the editor in chief of RT my former news network russia today who's become just a completely cartoonish propaganda network in the wake of trump's election um you know at the time that i was working there i was able to cover lgbtq issues like progressive issues all the time because it was just about exploiting the divisions in american society and the lack of like corporate media reporting on on real social movements but but now um it just echoes this kind of weird social conservatism to the point where even margarita Simonyan, who's like very close with putin actually lamented in a series of social media posts um about the interview that putin really missed a huge opportunity to explore russia's views on like woke wokeism essentially she wrote um, quote, it's a shame Tucker didn't bring up the conversation about conservative values. This is his strong point. And the chief's first and foremost, of course, the chief obviously referenced to Putin. She said, quote, this is the only thing on which Russia can and should now build an, an ideology externally, she added, just as the Soviet Union once built it on the ideas of social equality. She literally is saying just as the Soviet Union built its ideology on social equality, this new Russia should build should build its ideology on the idea of social conservatism and then she elaborates further to say darkness in the west is waiting for someone to lead this agenda waiting for a country that would become a safe haven for people who are not ready to send their children to be raised by lgbt and other woke religions we are such a country we must trumpet this I mean, I mean she's just a fucking moron reactionary.
1: It is fascinating. And it's just sad to think that that's like, like, is that really, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems, it. it I, I don't even know what to make of it. <laughs> other than I guess that the good thing is, is like Putin doesn't seem to talk about those things. Like he seems right. like savvy enough to not talk about that during like Western interviews, even when it's come up. Like even when the gay propaganda law was like a- like asked about by like Western journalists, he still would say things that were like very very savvy and like coached to mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. make himself I sa- that. to not sound homophobic, which was right. a t- a tall order because the law is basically prohibiting certain forms of like gay speech. You know, it's like about this idea of like grooming that having you know gay propaganda. The whole like concept of it is obviously a homophobic law. But, the, but he was able to like wiggle, you know, so he's, he's a savvy talker in that regard. So it is funny that she would be complaining about that because I don't even think he's never really done that before, to my
0: knowledge, like leaned into that. So it's odd that it's, it's hilariously like, stupid. It is. I mean, um, but what's funny, too, is like, you know, pussy riots out there protesting. It's like I, and then CNN and MSNBC are just covering like a protest it's just so hilarious. It's like, okay, so it's it's wrong, and RT should be shut down for what it does to highlight unrest in the United States. But CNN just goes and covers this small protest about Navalny being killed, and then you had Tucker kind of oh, having yeah. this mea culpa RAP. moment where he was like, yeah, like like yeah. I mean, it was just embarrassing for him because he goes over there, and then like literally days later, Navalny is quote unquote dies or whatever in the hospital, and then. And then he has to make some big statement, being like, "This is barbaric." Like, I mean, it was just embarrassing. Oh Tucker did that.
1: Um, yes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I didn't. I know. That's that's really interesting because tip like the Navalny thing. It's like we we know from like following this stuff as closely as we do that he's been like propped up by the West. That he was up to some like really shady shit. That it like got really praising like neo-Nazis. It got like really wacky with him. So for Tucker to like fall for that is interesting. It's like it does to me just show his lack of experience with this and how it is like it's like with this rebranding campaign he's been trying to do for the last several years. Like he hasn't really caught up with the, the full facts of the situation. He's a good talker. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about a lot of the time, but I think underneath the surface, he really doesn't have much knowledge, like foundational knowledge. Probably ask him about the Magnitsky Act or things like that. He probably would just be stumped. He'd be like, you know, that sounds familiar. I remember covering that, but, you know, I don't really know. Like, tell me, remind me, like, what that has to do with, like, Russia's, you know. So there's, like, basic things for a guy who does this for a living that he just does not seem to reference as touchstones. It's always just like a talk, the talking point of the day, the flavor of the week that he pushes. Um, There's not much substance beneath it, you know. Even if you, even if you're these people who appreciate that he's like, you know, going against the Ukraine war or whatever, you know, you think about his like anti-war prowess. But I think what really spoke to his level of like um, living in a bubble, basically you know, kind of tying in with what I just said, that it just doesn't seem like he goes very deep below the surface with any of the stuff he's talking about, even if the stuff sound at times is controversial. He posts, like, selfie videos of him shopping in a Russian grocery store. Did you see these, Abby?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Okay, so one of them was particularly funny. It was him um, shopping and, and talking, just being amazed at how low-priced everything was and, you know, complaining about the inflation in the U.S., and then also being like, and isn't this novel? Like here in Russia, the reason why, like, uh you know, you don't see like homeless people with shopping carts everywhere is because evidently they came up with a solution that we haven't thought of. And look, they have these security mechanisms that stop the shopping cart from like leaving the store. If it's like if someone like tries to like bring it out of the store and it's like, what the fuck has he not like it? Like the fact that he filmed that and posted that made me think that he may not ha- have even been grocery shopping the last like forty years. Like that he has like, st- yeah, like he just has like a hires help. Does it.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: like right. it's it was fucking crazy to watch. It's like what is this person doing? I mean, I I don't know. It was just amazing. But anyways, um, that's really all I have to say about the interview. Nothing special. You know, it doesn't seem like Putin really. Has much to say that's super controversial anymore. We all get it, anyways, through our alternative media channels. The talking mm-hmm. points are repeated. Um, there wasn't much to it that was that was of note.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to get into the? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, let's do that. I mean, a lot has happened. I. I can't believe how long it's been. I was in Cuba for a week. I was arrested here. It seemed like there was kind of a nationally coordinated crackdown on the Palestine movement in general, because for several months we were doing direct actions and protests all over the place and there was no police presence whatsoever. And then kind of the cavalry showed up around the same time that a lot of other crackdowns happened, especially in new york where my friends and colleagues got arrested several weeks in a row like all of a sudden the police were just like no more protests Mm -hmm. um and so one day a month ago i was with 17 other jewish activists and allies and we were just you know right in front of one of the federal buildings and then like like 30 cops showed up and just arrested everyone and um, tomorrow, actually, I have my court date and we're pleading no contest. And it just seems like they're not going to tolerate it anymore. I mean, I was wondering when that was going to happen. It, it seemed pretty crazy that no police were around at all. And I think that they're finally like, you know, just like Occupy, like there is some sort of like nationally coordinated thing. I mean, what else are they going to do with these fusion centers, right? I'm sure that they're still activated. Um, But that happened. Uh, Cuba was really fascinating. I I can't wait to do a report back on that. I'll do that in the next episode. Robbie, just the stage in the genocide now, um, you know, it's to the point where now just babies every day are dying of just starvation. I mean, they've kind of they are still bombing people and sniping people and there's still dozens of Palestinians being killed and executed daily. But but there's so many more people who are dying of starvation and preventative illnesses and You know, people who just can't get simple medication, malnourishment, especially pregnant and nursing mothers for their babies. It's a very genocidal policy. All of these crazy fanatical settlers and quote unquote Jewish activists who are just blocking aid trucks, like treating it like a Taylor Swift concert, like they're sitting outside linking arms, just having a grand old time, setting up bouncy houses, In front of the blockade of aid trucks, because genocide is fun for the whole family. Um, There's just unending depravity being filmed by Israeli soldiers. Like I think I mentioned to you when we talked the other day, like literally filming themselves, just like destroying. I mean, even in the West Bank, it's like not even in Gaza. They're just like like hammering the shit out of just random businesses while blasting EDM music. Oh yeah, Um, I saw that. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, there's a bunch of you were love saying EDM that how many music. TikTok
1: videos there are of like, it's become like a trend to release like TikTok videos, like doing things that wouldn't be funny even if they weren't the content they were showing, but like playing like music and doing <laughs> little fast motion dances to them, like stealing shit from like, like Palestinian people's kitchens, destroying their homes. Well, I saw a video recently of like someone destroying a church. And like, the, so I guess all those things are, they're turning into like viral comedy uh, videos for certain Israelis who are watching yeah. TikTok.
0: Yeah. I think it's just for them. I mean, it must just be for like that themselves because it's so insane for the rest of the world to just be like, have a bird's eye view of like how depraved these people are and how much mm-hmm. they're just proudly showing the world what they're doing in public, um, like laundering women's underwear and wearing the bras and like i mean i saw this really sad tiktok video of like a guy just pulling out like high heels in a box and it it, it honestly is like makes me viscerally like it like i can't even wrap my mind around like how disgusting it is and he's just like i can't wait to give these to my wife and it's just like what happened to the woman whose shoes these are i mean these brand new shoes that someone was probably very proud to have and like they probably cost a lot of money, you know, for someone living in Gaza and like unemployment's pretty high and it's pretty hard to get jobs as it is. And like you just like are looting like probably like someone that you murdered um, and just so like stealing disturbing. their high heels and just like. Yeah, I mean, it's so well, it's insane. like dehumanization. This cel- yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, you hear about all these horrific war crimes, dehumanization happening like between Russian and Ukrainians, but I don't. I'd never seen anything like that anywhere close to this level, and it's usually if it's shown, if any like dehumanizing violence is shown, it's usually like soldier on soldier only. You know,
0: right, right. You don't right. usually
1: see anything like at all what you're describing. Like in any any other modern wars, I have not seen it. Like, and but right. I mean, I'm sure it happens. There's stuff, you know. There's, but it is it is just kind of interesting that how egregious all of it <laughs> is. I mean. Every aspect.
0: It is like, it, it like harkens back to like what you would imagine Nazis doing. But like, I, it, it's hard to even like imagine that. I, mean, I don't even know if Nazis did that kind of shit. Like, right. It's like, I don't even know. I'm not know saying what... Nazis
1: weren't evil, but I just like, it, right. to me, it seems uniquely evil. It's like a specific, right. it's different. It's, it's something that's, yeah, you can compare it to Nazis because it's like, how do you, what do you else you compare this to? But at the same time, it's like, I don't even know if there really is a comparison anymore to Swain. Because it's right. like there hasn't really been anything like this on this planet before where they have this much technology. They've designed like weapons specifically to like sh- like autonomously shoot at people trying to like escape over a giant wall. Like this is like unheard of. It's
0: crazy. Right. Like, the, uh, yeah, like the drones that just it's it's like a, some sort, something out of like a dystopian dystopian sci fi yeah. movie where they have these autonomous drones that just unleash barrage of. Barrages of bullets to people who are just like scavenging for food.
1: It's almost like the closest like
0: sci-fi
1: vision to what how, like, you know, dystopia that Israel is doing is almost like um, like James Cameron movies, like elements from his movies, like kind right. of the mechanized, militarized. This idea of like a militarized future, like military in space and in the future as being this like weird force that's going to be like, you know, getting in control of everything. I mean, that's what Israel basically is. It like is on the bleeding edge of that, of that future.
0: It's so nuts. Um, and now of course there's, you know, they pushed 1.2 million people at least into this like tiny, tiny area on the border of Rafah, And now they're, they've, they've marked a date, Robbie, March 10th. I think they're saying they're going to invade Egypt is now, like, building this, like, kind of perimeter area, I guess, to allow people in. I'm not sure how all of this is going to work. And then I, I don't even think we talked about the ICJ ruling, which ruled, you know, that there is a plausible case for genocide. But it's like nothing happened, obviously, as a result. Like, the State Department just kept circumventing Congress. And even if they didn't, Congress would approve whatever they wanted to, pushing millions of of dollars um, to bomb more children and it all led to just yesterday Aaron Bushnell who was a active duty member of the U.S. Air Force um, in uniform who self-immolated in front of the Israeli consulate in D.C. Really fascinating that in the aftermath of this I mean first of all I'll say that this is the second person to have done this. We do not know the name of the first person to have done this because it completely got swept under the rug. It was a woman, I think, on December second, who was in Georgia at the Israeli consulate, wrapped in a Palestinian flag who self-immolated. Oh, she wasn't in she wasn't in DC. No, she was in Georgia. And so no one cared. Everyone just said she was anti Semitic. I think if I'm not mistaken, the quote like of course they just like quoted the ADL or something. It was just like we're we're stunned. At like the level of hatred for Jews that like someone would do this. Wow, what the <laughs> that was that fuck? commentary about her. That's amazing. And then of course, Jesus. of course, Aaron Bushnell. I mean, you couldn't really delegitimize that to the point to call him anti-Semitic because he live streamed it. So that was the difference: is that we know his name, we know explicitly his intent because he live streamed himself, calmly, lucidly walking to the point where he douses himself in gasoline. And self immolates and what he said was I am about to engage in an extreme act of protest but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers it is not extreme at all this is what our ruling class has decided would be normal um, look people are trying to paint this guy as mentally ill I think that he sacrificed himself for the ultimate political messaging I mean did we call the Tunisian street vendor who sparked the Arab Spring a mentally ill person who needed to be locked in an asylum no we lionized him in corporate media did we paint the Vietnamese um, or do we paint the yeah the, the monks the Buddhist monks protesting the Vietnam War as mentally ill no no nope. they're lionized so why is it that this is the response why is it that we are not understanding the gravity of what this guy did? I, I think there's just so
1: many overlapping narratives of either pe- some people are in denial about it and other people just want to completely erase the meaning behind his act completely for their own ends. I mean, it's like it seems like both are happening at once. I mean, that's 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 right. a, kind of in a nutshell from what I've seen. I don't, what do you think?
0: I mean I'll just quote Mike wrote this incredibly poignant article on the Empire Files Substack um that people should subscribe I mean, to we really, guy's had We're not a sub-stack. Re- We're not even really active there but like yeah. you know <laughs> at times <laughs> nice. when things like this happen like they they provoke Mike For to sure, write some yeah. really well, um, cool. I didn't, poetic poetic stuff
1: I didn't know he wrote it and wrote something yeah let's read it Yeah
0: no it's a tribute to Aaron Bushnell I won't read the whole thing but I will read a quote um, and remember, he was an i. He was actually like an IT. So Who was. This is what Mike Aaron Bushnell. So he was. He was not like flying the missions that dropped the bombs, but he was like still doing. You know, he was still facilitating killing. Where was he? So this, really
1: quickly backstory on Aaron Bushnell. Where mm-hmm. was he? Where did he serve, or where? Where is he from? So did he actually serve overseas?
0: Do you know, it's a really good question. What I do know is that he was very active in social movements in the last year he was he was out in the streets doing a lot of like mutual aid work like he he considered himself progressive if not a socialist like he was he was definitely out there in this in the movement Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure where he was based um, or how much he did overseas that's a really good question I'll I'll try to ask Mike but let's wrap up the episode by just quoting this and giving tribute to Aaron Bushnell who gave his life Um, to raise awareness and this is what our ruling class the monsters who rule over us have forced people to do they've forced people to make the most extreme desperate acts of political protest because they are not being listened to because they are unmoved and and completely detached from reality it doesn't matter if we have massive protests if we're heckling these motherfuckers at every social event if we're following down them down the halls of congress they do not care because they're genocidal maniacs. And so this is what people are forced to do. This is what Mike wrote. Quote. Actually, hold on. Let me. Hold on. There's a there's a really good part that I didn't include. One second. It's really good. I encourage. And, you know, I'll put it in the in the um in the timeline. Actually, it's very, very, very heart wrenching. You, um,
1: you didn't read it all?
0: No, no, no. I did read it all, but hold on. I'm trying to find this one part that I didn't include in here. Okay. Then came October 7th and its aftermath. The torment of Israel's barbarism has been a trying time for all people with a conscience. We've all reeled for months through rage and hopelessness. The anxiety every morning, wondering what new tragedy we will see that continues to defy what we believed were the limits of evil. There are moments of optimism in this wave of mass awakening, but it's mostly been a time of darkness that we've been in, together, but at the same time alone. For Bushnell, that meant also having to put on the uniform of the institution loading the weapons, running the supply missions, providing tactical and strategic assistance to the genocide. Not only that, but one also doing the killing. Conducting the airstrikes on Yemen, Iraq, and Syria against people we have no reason or right to kill. Bushnell saw the plain truth, that he was an accomplice to all of that. The truth killed him. The Pentagon brass killed him. Joe Biden and Congress killed him. Nice. Great. Yeah, read it, check it out. And and we're having a vigil for him on Wednesday... It's just devastating. I mean, everything is just so devastating. It's like the fact that people feel like they have no other avenues or options but to do these extreme things because of just how devastating reality continues to unfold and be, um, and how difficult it is to really process, especially for someone like him. I mean, that that's literally serving in the military has done, you know, has facilitated and overseen things that he probably feels like a monster for felt felt guilty for and I mean I just I just wish people knew that we we need them you know we need them here and we need them to leave the military and to encourage all of the other people that they know to leave the military um and that's the answer I mean to have a widespread revolt from within the ranks and and that's there's no better time than now um so yeah that's all I'll say about it. Um, I have a little fundraiser going for the journalists who worked on Gaza fights for freedom. I'm closing it out in two days. So if you can throw some cash, um, some funds to help these people survive the genocide, that would be great. And Robbie, I I had a great time talking to you. I'm looking forward to following up, um, with a whole other, a whole other litany of topics soon.
1: Yeah. We got so much that we still probably could talk about, but, um, but yeah, you're you're hanging out with family right now, and uh, go go back and hang out with them, and um, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to this, and you'll hear from me and Abby again next month. We'll probably do two episodes instead of just one um, on, uh, in March.
0: Yeah, absolutely, T- Robbie.
1: Take care, everybody. It was a
0: doozy. It was a doozy <laughs> this month, but we'll get back at him. We'll get back at him super soon.
1: All right. Take care. Take care,
0: guys.